paste it. Okay, good. I'm recording. Now I'll say like, the smart stuff. Well, no, I was just going to say, I feel me. like I forgot how to do this. We haven't done this in so <laughs> yeah. long. Yeah. Out of practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are, uh, we're getting the rust back. Igor, sometimes you come in loud and sometimes you come in soft. It's probably the positioning. So this is probably okay. me coming in well, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So do that. Great. Cool. We're going to relearn everything. I'm back right. on my big boy mic. Yeah, I saw that come through, dude. So I'm I'm really I'm really excited. I finally got one of my activities over my break here was to really get my office in shape because it's it's been probably at 85% and so I took some of that free time and got my microphone set up, got my audio equipment going and so we're we're back in action but now I have to get back to getting used to how to how to actually properly use it and sit in front of the mic and enunciate and all those great things that you have to do with with a pro mic. Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm glad you got that done. I feel like I'm back at it. I'm refreshed. I, I am doing, I mean, I am doing basically a lot of the same things I was just doing last year. So it's not like there was some sort of meaningful shift in my projects or the work that that I'm doing. The big big thing for me that's happening is one of one of my managers just got promoted and uh, so she's uh, she's a director level, principal level in our terms now. And so a lot of the things to her and like working on that, that's a little bit different. And that's been really fun and exciting to to have the opportunity to take some of the succession planning that we've been doing for really six months and have it start to become real. And so that's that's been really exciting. And I haven't been doing much of that over the last couple of years. So this is this that's been new and nice that started this year. Yeah, you you are at a bit of a career inflection point. Congrats on getting yeah. people on your team promoted too. I I'm <laughs> I'm excited. We're, all of us on our team work really hard with. Well, I mean, I'll, you know, I mean, I know that's true for all of us at the company, but we're we're just super focused on getting people prepped for their board exams, and we have weekly CDP check-ins, right? So we have all these processes that we've set up on the team that are very like career promotion advancement focused. And so to just to give people every possible leg up that they might might have to progress if they want to. Not everybody wants to progress at a blazing speed and that's okay too. We have room for that, obviously, but for the people that really want to to go fast, like we're I think we're really dialed dialed in and I'm very proud of it's not my work, it's the work that that the team's been doing in those regards. And that it's like every level, every level's very much looking at the level below and has a lot of care and intention around their growth. And so that that that, that lifts all ships. Yeah. One of my favorite sort of configurations is when you have a team of people or even a subset of the team of people who would be successful without you, right? Like this person that just got promoted, she'd be fine, like without us, right? But then if you can help create an environment that lets them move faster, that reduces friction, those kind of things, it's a cool deal to watch whenever you're looking at a a year or 18 months or longer, you can see the progression over time. It's pretty neat. Yep, absolutely. And and just looking back, it's... it's all those things that like I, I learned during during my time in, in that position and some of the things that I wish would have maybe happened earlier or people would have talked to me about earlier, I can take those things and apply that in my interactions with her 
And so that way, she can short circuit some of the things that can be short circuited. So some things, they just take time, right? And you need the seasoning, but some things you can accelerate and get ahead of. And so that's, that's the sort of things that, that we're focusing yeah. on. I mean, you have a person on a compound path, like a compound growth trajectory, and then you can add a little bit to it. Then it just, it, there's, it's like exponential returns almost. And, and it's fun. It's a, it's fun. And it's fun to hand off things because usually you've been doing things for a while. And at least for me, like I, I have ADD and so I get bored. And so for me, it's really fun to like hand some of those things off. A, the, the activity of handing them off is fun. And then also it's fun to get things off your plate that you're already comfortable with and feel like you're not getting a lot of new learning out of by doing them again and again, but they are. So like that's, to me, that's like the the sweet spot that we should all be targeting is like handing off things that we're good at <laughs> and taking on new things that we're not so good at. And then obviously giving those same opportunities and supporting people all the way down the chain. Absolutely. Awesome. That's great news. So what do y'all have planned for for this year? What are the big things? Well, in my case, obviously, I have we have this point of view process at our company, and the point of view is, I mean, Charles is really the expert at it. He's he's been leading the courses, and so I pro- if I mischaracterize anything, Charles, just correct me. Okay, I'll but, let you know. Yeah, don't okay, worry. Good. But <laughs> I, I think of the POV as sort of a a thesis that you might do in in a some sort of doctoral or graduate program that explores some innovative space, especially our principle to be movies. And so I've been working through topics. I started on that last year, working with Charles and others. And so one of my big, big rocks this year is to complete that thesis and, you know, make sure everybody is, is happy with the work on it. Are you opting back into sort of the class cohort or are you going solo? No, I'm I'm gonna go solo. I, I don't I don't think I need to do the class because I feel like I got the content that I needed out of it and hopefully I'll be able to get the thesis done by mid mid year, which is sooner than I would be able to do if, if I were in class because I think that all culminates towards like Halloween or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's that's a big rock. That's a big part of my my plan this year. And then really just doing some of the transitions that we're doing on the account and seeing what kind of new things I'm going to take on and transitioning some of the things that I've been doing for the last three years to, to and maybe maybe sell some stuff. That would be exciting. Yeah, very nice. So your year is full. It's already full. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. there's 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 room for for kind of medium sized rocks and pebbles, but but I think from big rock perspective, there's probably not not much room there for that it's nice coming into january without clarity january is a bit of a trap it's like you knock the dust off and everybody gets started really slowly and then before you know it it's february and the year's like almost 10 percent over you know that, that's why it's so important to get that clarity before january I, I was gonna ask you igor did you did you have that clarity prior to coming into 2023 yeah or is that something ab- you figured absolutely. out yeah yeah, so I I've this is something that I've been in various stages of planning and doing for at least the last 6 months, but definitely as you like complete your circle around the sun, you you're just able to 
maybe clear away some of the things that are distractions. And so I, I knew what, what I should be doing, but I probably was also letting some things in that I didn't need to do. And so the, the thing that I think is new for the new year, the, the reflection that I had over my longer break was really like, yeah, just these are big rocks. Just make sure you get those right. Everything else is optional. Yeah. Did you, did you have anything on the, any big rocks on the personal front? I think you just shared the professional stuff. Yeah. 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 So a great question. So one of the, one of the things that I've really been noticing is just been getting like a little burnt out. And, and I think that's because I haven't been taking time to be creative and like engage. Like I'm, I'm creative at work, but it's, it's a different creativity than, than I'm used to. And so one of the things that I, that I started doing as the break started, cause I was like, oh, I have like this extra time. I got on this website called Domestica with a K and I just started like a course on there for architectural drawing. And so, and then I started another course. And so I started a sketchbook. And so I've been really following a lot of industrial design and architectural design classes and videos. And I've been doing a lot of sketches and hand rendering and doing things with markers and stuff like that, which has really like giving me an outlet for my artistic side and also helps me unwind after each day. Like one of the things that I committed to is sketching something, even, even if it's very small, every single day. And so on, on the personal side, that's, that's my goal is to continue my, my journey into like, like ar- architectural and industrial design sketching and getting, getting good at it and good to the point where it at least my work meets my taste level, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Man, that's really cool. It is cool. I, I would love to see what you create. Yeah, I, I might do like a, like a sketchbook share at some point. So as, as maybe, maybe when I finish my first sketchbook, I'll do like a little video where I just share the sketchbook and post that up for, for our listeners. That'd be awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really neat. <laughs> How how long do you think it'll take to get your skill level to match your your taste level, or however you phrased it? Is that <laughs> yeah. something that? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I know you have very refined Years. Yeah. particular no, taste. Never. Yeah. But I I don't know what about your skill level. <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever told you guys the story. Like I I did a lot of drawing growing up. Like I started classes probably when I was four or five years old. So even before I started school, I was in like art classes in the Soviet Union. And then I was in art class all the way through high school every year. And every elective in at college that I could take that was not part of my business degree, I took in the arts program. And so I was always sculpting and painting. And and all that time, I mean, what is that, four to twenty-two? So that's eighteen years. In that eighteen years of really working on the craft on those craft, I I threw out everything that I've ever made because I just hated it when I was done with it. So it it I, never lived, yeah. lived up to my taste. Hmm. Do you regret that? <laughs> I think no, I don't know. I don't think I regret it. It was garbage. No, it, it was, it, it, it's where it belongs. It, 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 it is where it belongs, right? It's like that's that's product of past me, and there there was there's no benefit in saving it. I guess 
there's no benefit in me. Now, now that I'm a little bit older, you know, that like the last time I was in art class was up 22. I'm turning 39 this year. So that's what, 17 years. So 17 years later, I think now I'm not going to do that. Like I, I do want to keep stuff, even if I'm not particularly happy with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so to answer your question, like I may never get to the point where my work actually meets my taste level. But I have to tell you, like my, the stuff that I've been working on see, feels pretty good to me. Like for, for my expertise level, it feels pretty good. And I'm definitely getting some of my like hand skills back. And I've been doing a lot of drills mm-hmm. Because drawing, sketching, whatever, just like any other skill, just like music, requires a lot of rote practice to be very good. So in music, a lot of musicians, they spend hours just playing the same song over and over again, right? Or playing the same sort of arpeggio note progressions. In in art, you're drawing lines, you're drawing circles, you're drawing cubes, you're drawing spheres, you're doing shading, you're doing crosshatching, you're doing perspectives, and you're doing it over and over and over again. And so as I've been... getting back into it. I'm getting my muscle memory back. I'm getting much better at drawing straight lines. And I'm, yeah, so it's, uh, I'm, it's sort of like dusting off the cobwebs. I think someone said that earlier, right? So, and it's like an analog exercise. And so it removes you from... Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like yeah. I'm, not in, I'm not in front of a computer. I just, I have my sketchbook open. I have a pen. I've been trying out different pens just to see what I like. Uh, but That's that, the real reason. I mean, opportunity, opportunity for purchasing f- pens. Exactly. Yeah. More, yeah. More, I do love stationery, and I've built up quite a collection even without drawing all this time. So I didn't have to buy much. But one of the big things that are that are different this time around is that I'm not using pencil. Before, I would do a lot of my initial sketches in pencil, obviously because pencil is easy to erase and you can correct stuff with a pen. You have to commit, and so there's there's a very different feeling when you're doing an initial sketch in pen than when you're doing your initial sketch in pencil. And so I've been practicing, I've been doing all my sketches in pen as a way to enforce commitment on my end and, and to push myself to be more precise, more exact. And, and that's been working so far. I've really enjoyed not, not using pencil. That's awesome. Igor, is, is this creative pursuit, is it more of I guess, what is more important to you? Is it the, the product or the process? Man, that's, that's, that's a great question that I haven't thought about. I would say that my personality, like I, you guys remember the values quiz or the strengths mm-hmm. finder or whatever? Yeah, yep. Core strengths? Yeah. Core strengths, yeah. So, so there's, there's two core strengths in my top five. So one is love of learning. And then the other one is like appreciation of, and my, my love of learning strength enjoys the process. It it enjoys maybe, maybe not the process, but the progression of skill that happens as you're practicing these things. And then my appreciation of beauty enjoys like the end product, like, oh, wow. Like, Hey, I feel pretty good having thought about this and then created it. And so I I would say both, but which one is more important? Like, would I be happy learning, but never getting to like being like really excellent? Yes, I would. So I would say probably the process Mm -hmm. is more important. And so it's just part of my learning. And and this this is a continuation of thing, right? Like a couple of years ago, I went through the process of learning like DJing, right? Mm. 
And and I still enjoy that. And I, I dust it off every once in a while. And I, I do a mix. And I find songs. And that's also really relaxing. And this is just another hobby or whatever you want to call it. Just to give me a break from staring at a screen and working on a PowerPoint or an Excel spreadsheet or something like that and prevents me from from burning out on works. That's so cool, man. Yeah, that's going to be... I'm excited to see how that sustains you through the course of the, the year because you got some big stuff coming up, like the big rocks are in place. Those are not simple things. And, and I think they like it, it helps too. Like sketching really helps me think. And so a lot of times when I'm thinking through a presentation, you, I mean, you, I think you've seen this, Robert. I'll usually take out a piece of paper first and I'll start sketching and I'll start thinking about it as a storyboard first. And I'll draw out my storyboard and then I'll move on to the presentation. And, and I think, yeah, I, I think that's actually, I, I remember that. Yeah. We, so we, we went to Whole Foods. We went to Whole Foods. This was, this was pre pandemic. Yeah. And we got some sushi at Whole Foods. And I think this was right before we met you for drinks, Charles. Oh, that's yeah. Right. We, yeah, that's right. We went to like we, that wine what, bar. Yeah. And what, yeah, I don't remember what presentation we were sketching out, but I remember we were like on the upstairs area and we got all this like sushi that was pretty good we basically showed up early to beat traffic and then we were thinking oh we'll just knock out some stuff on this presentation and then we'll meet charles for drinks oh my gosh that must have been yeah 2019 2018 yeah that's and that's that's always been like my my process is i i always start out analog before going to digital and that was true when i was designing interfaces or any other sort of design sort of thing. That's true when I design presentations. Charles, actually, the POV course that that you and some of the other leaders teach at Parveda also teach a process because I did storyboarding, I think, with, gosh, the, the VP from Toronto. Saf. Saf, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we did storyboards with Saf and with Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's actually a process that's that's being taught now in in our POV course is to help visually think through things. Or yesterday, I got on a call with another Parveda leader, and he's working on some some new like kind of communication graphics. And my my big advice to him and what I walked him through is like, hey, forget like put down the PowerPoint, like put put that away, and let's just talk about like what you want to communicate, and let's just like write that down. Like, what are, what are the top three things that you want people to understand when they look at these slides? And so we went through it. We did the five whys exercise on it. And then, then we talked about this, the sketching part. And so I, I think doing some of that work offline and not just jumping into the tool really helps me in my, this part of my process. Everybody's process is different. There's some artists, creatives, whatever. They, they go straight into their computer program and they're very good at creating straight in the like the final program or tool or whatever that they're going to have the finished product in i've never been able to do that i've always had to have like an analog step and then a kind of a finishing digital step afterward when man i think this is going to be all about igor and i love it because i have so many more questions yeah me too let's keep it rolling yeah I love this. So when you think about the switch from analog to digital or analog to whatever is the the final medium is going to be, is that 
I mean, is that correlated or is that tied to a switch from divergent thinking to convergent thinking? Or is that not, are those two modes of thinking not related um, to they, that switch? They're related. I don't think they're related to that switch because I think the sketching process, one of the, the great things about sketching is that it's cheap and then it's fast. And you can create, you can say, okay, draw a chair right? And if you start opening a 3D CAD program and you start creating chairs in 3D CAD, like it's going to take you forever. And each chair is going to feel precious. Instead, if you get out of a sheet of printer paper and a pen and you just start drawing some, some lines, you're like, okay, well, this is chair one. And it has this kind of swoopy back and these kind of tapered legs. And then here's chair two and it has a mesh thing here and it has a cross bar there. And, and, and you can do that in uh, 10 seconds. <laughs> Each chair, can you could do a very quick, very roughed out sketch, maybe 10, 20 seconds. If you're trying to do that in CAD, even very roughly, it would probably take you 20, 30 minutes to do a rough CAD prototype. And so because it's cheap, it allows you to diverge very quickly, right? It allows you to create a lot of different ideas in an in economic sort of way. And then part of the process is now that you've cheaply created all of these divergent ideas, you're able to compare them quickly to one another. And you can say, okay, well, I like this about that chair. I don't like this. Maybe I'll use these materials with this shape and then this conceptual idea there. And you redraw it pretty quickly. And then like that's your convergent process, right? So I tend to diverge and converge in analog space. And then mm-hmm. by the time that I move to a digital space, it's refinement. It's mm-hmm. further convergence. It's basically, I've converged as far as I can on paper. I've run out of any other convergence that I can do economically at this point. And now further convergence has to happen in this other medium that's more precise and, and more ready for final deliverable. Yeah. So that's the relationship between convergence and divergence. But the step of, at least for me, from moving from analog to digital is not at the same point in time as the transition from divergence to, to convergence. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think about my my process for, I guess, or maybe the pipeline for you know co- creative outputs, whatever that might be. Like I'm not sketching or anything like that, but I think everything that we do as knowledge workers are creative acts. They're, they're a result of creative acts. And oh, yeah. I think when I asked that question, I was thinking that that is when I, I, I think I would have said, oh, yeah, no, when I, I switch, when I, when I need to start to converge. But I like your answer better, Igor. And I think that's actually what I do, is that I'll stay in a notebook. That could be physical or like I, I have this thing on my iPad now called Paperlike. It's like an overlay or screen protector that oh, adds a little bit of that. That thing is great. Oh yeah, man, that's a game changer for you, anybody that has an iPad. Do you have a pen tip yet? No, they've got a pen tip. Get 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 some. Yeah, I'll send you the link. It's a company okay. in, in the Netherlands. Yeah, and it's a little it's a little silicone tip that goes on the end of your Apple Pencil, and it gives it a lot more drag. And, and the combination of paper like and the tip. Like very satisfying experience. But yeah. paper paper like by itself is very satisfying. Yeah, it is good. But yeah, I'll I'll check out the the tips. I, I think you're right though. It's like the the 
that process of of sketching an idea or a image or something it ends when you realize there is something that that needs further refinement that can no longer be really done well in analog form and so and and it doesn't have to be analog you could i could uh-huh. i have my ipad i could do yeah. the same exact sketches on my ipad that i do on uh-huh. paper yeah yeah but but there's there's like even with paper like and even with the pen tip there's i don't know there's there's just this like tactile thing about paper and pen for me and i've i've also i've actually started to use dip pens wow which like literally it's a pen like Benjamin Franklin would use where you take the the tip of your pen, you dip it into ink, and you draw with it. Like it it, it is medieval. <laughs> but there, there's something about like that process that's like extremely satisfying. And I, I created I did this little card. I did these tiny little drawings of like a person and a tree and some text and some cross hatching with a bunch of different pens. And and I showed it to my wife. And I asked her, like, hey, which one, which one do you like best? And she looked at me like I was insane. Because <laughs> they all basically, they all, to her, they all look the same. It's all black pen on paper. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. These are all the same. And I, I said, no, like, look closer. They're, they're very different. Which one do you like better? And so she more closely examined it. And she picked out one. And it's the same one that I picked out as well. Huh. And asked her, what, what do you like about that particular one? And it was the weirdest thing. She said, it's, it's, it's the one that's most alive. Huh. And that, is exactly, that was exactly my thought uh, about that particular pen. And there, there, there's a life to it, just can't be replicated with a di- even a different analog tool and definitely can't be replicated on an iPad. But like, man, those are like minutiae. Right, like we're mm-hmm. we're we're splitting hairs at that point. I could have done that same chair exercise just as efficiently, in the same economic use of time on my iPad using an Apple Pencil, just drawing them out. So it's not yeah. really about this move from analog to digital, but it is this move from not being able to iterate quickly anymore and having mo- having to move to another modality that is then a little bit more time consuming for further refinement. Right. So it shows that y'all are meant to be together. Seriously, man. <laughs> yeah. She used exactly the same word that, that I thought when I, when I picked it out. It was, it was, what else it was do you weird. need? It's, Proof. Man, I'll have to explain this to you later because I, I won't be able to explain it. But that's, that's a great descri- description of a strange loop. There's a book that I read a while ago that really blew my mind. And it's this, it's, it gets philosophical and, and stuff. But you know, whenever that happens with me and my wife, it's like, oh. A strange loop. We're on the same strange loop together. Mm-hmm. Anyway, maybe, maybe that'll be another book that we dive into later. I seriously doubt it, though. Once y'all look at it, that'd be um, cool. Well, I'm asking, <laughs> I'm asking Chat GPT right now. So, oh. <laughs> in, I asked it to, what is a strange loop, and I didn't really understand it. So, explain oh. the idea of a strange loop. Interesting. As if I'm in high school. Let's see. Let's see what it says. It's like a maze where you keep going in circles, but the circles are not repeating. It's like a puzzle where the pieces don't fit together, but they still seem to connect. It's a concept that is used in math and computer science to describe something that is Mm self-referential, 
An example of a strange loop is the liar's paradox, where someone says, I'm lying. If the statement is true, then the person is lying, but if it's false, then the person is telling the truth, which means the statement is true again. This creates a loop of truth and falsehood, which is strange and hard to understand. In summary, a strange loop is a concept that describes a paradoxical situation where a sequence of elements repeats in an unexpected manner, creating a self-referential structure. Huh. Yes. Maybe I should have asked it to explain it as if I was five. <laughs> okay. I, I think that we just stopped producing the show and just let like a robot voice from like Alexa read chat GPT prompts. Oh, that no, we no, put no, in. man. The, the <laughs> software I use to edit the show, it can overdub. And so if you feed it mm, enough mm-hmm. information, like enough of your words, oh. and it transcribes them, Our then voices. I can... Like if, if you, for instance, I don't, I don't do this, but if you said, if this really wasn't strange loop and you called it a weird loop and all throughout the conversation, Charles was saying weird loop. And then after he said, oh man, you know what? It's a strange loop. I could go in and I could, every time he said weird loop, I could have him say strange loop and it would be in his voice. And then you can also write a paragraph and it would be in Charles's voice. And so it's, you it's can like have an audio deep fake. That's yeah, what that is. Yeah. You can have Chat GPT do the podcast episode <laughs> transcript and then feed it into Descript, which would then put Charles's voice to. Yeah. So if you can't make it one time, don't worry. We'll, the robot will <laughs> we'll just dub you in Chat you'll re- GPT. You'll replace me with a <laughs> Igor bot, Igor GPT. Man, I, I. This is this is going to create. It's already created this arms race between. This has completely diverted me off of Igor's thing, which I'm sad about. But I'm going to get back to that in a second. But it's creating an arms race between content creators and consumers of information, because there's yeah. there's inevitably going to be people who use ChatGPT to come up with content and ideas that are not their own, that they haven't put any unique spin to it, and put it out in the world. And there's, I was already looking at this today. There's, there's apps galore that are chat GPT detectors. So yep. you can paste in content and I'll tell you, it's like, yeah, 98% chance that this was created by chat GPT. And you know, Google like, will start like filtering results that are yeah, flagged yeah. just like, yeah. But it, I, I think Seth Godin tweeted about it and said, oh, that's Google. Not understanding what we're talking about. That's not a good. It's, it's just good jealous time. that we're talking about jealous. Chat GPT yeah. and not her. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Godin said that the when, when you have situations that it, it works all throughout life, like it's this way with food, it, like anything, you get this sort of like low quality abundance, and that makes the mm-hmm. scarcity and complexity and sophistication of the good part like that yep. much more valuable. Yep. Yeah. So the noise is going to ratchet way up mm-hmm. and the signal is going to hit like so much harder. Yeah. And so I think we this is a huge boon to society. It this is a reason why like the jobs our kids are going to have don't exist yet. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super excited about it. It it helped me out like at work cuz I'm like, okay, what is this? And it gave me a succinct paragraph and so I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like augmenting some yep. of my work now. Yeah. But at the end of the day, making connections between like the, the the things we think about is like thought leadership, making connections between disparate ideas, forming those into a practical concept. There's like a human creativity element that I think is going to be hard to understand because 
this only presents to you stuff that already exists somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. But at a minimum, it's going to, I don't know if that last part's true, but at a minimum, it's going to very much increase the noise and per- place a higher premium on actual, like, thought. Yep, yep. Well, so the Robert, book that I was talking about was I Am a Strange Loop by Douglas Hofstadter. So we can jot that down for looking okay. at later. Go ahead, Igor. So, so I, I, you know, actually, both both Charles and Robert are are part of the the teachers for this point of view thesis class that we have, and it seems Robert teaches so the part about research and how do you collect, collate, synthesize, and then use that research to create novel sort of things. And Robert, I'm wondering if you're going to add. Chat GPT to this year's class yes. as as a tool. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I 100. I, it, it, it's a great way to very quickly. Well, one you you might be able to use it instead of Google. Google offers you search optimized results that doesn't offer you the best results. Chat GPT until it's monetized it is going to offer you more succinct, maybe completely incorrect, right <laughs> information, and then you can. You can say, like, oh, no, word it like this or combine it with this. You can have it write an outline. And so it gets you, if you need to go from a 0 to 100, it can help you get from, like, 0 to 10 very quickly. And so it's not mm. about the write this for me and let me copy and paste it. It's like give me an outline of 15 related topics to this deal, and then it gives you 15. And maybe none of them are good, but then it, it lets you move past it into something else. And so there's definitely interesting ways to use it to help almost like a, a prompt would help a writer get into the zone of of telling a story those kind of things I, I think if you were to do that having some of those prompts is going to make all the difference in the world because I, I have a lot of misgivings about it I think everybody should be trying to understand what chat GPT can do and the dangers that come along with it like it could just straight up give you wrong information. And because you can't inspect, I've tried to ask it. It's like, hey, where did you get your source for this particular thing? They're like, oh, I'm trained on this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, no, like I, I want to be able to click through to the link so that I can evaluate the the quality of the source material. And you you can't do that. At least I <laughs> yeah. haven't been able to. You know? Let me Let me share my screen with you real quick. Yeah. So I said, tell me, can you see it? Yes. What is one plus three? One plus three equals four. And I said, no, it's five. Uh-huh. You're correct. One plus three equals five. My apologies <laughs> for the mistake. And then I'll say, what is one plus three? And then it says four again. <laughs> but it's it's interesting too, because if you if you're training these like learning systems, there's misinformation that can come in and completely skew the entire model. Like there's certain kinds of like this is not exactly the same thing, but there's like reflective clear tape you can put on stop signs that will like mm-hmm. cause autonomous vehicles to not register yep. as yep. a stop sign. Yep. And so there there is a level of like tricking that can be mitigated, but you you can't you cannot just take this stuff as as like absolute truth. There's yep. there's a bit of a, yeah. a curve to it. I mean that's the same thing, like, hey, you shouldn't trust trust every single thing that you find on the internet, right? Like the advice you give your kids and what they learn when they start to, it's the same sort of thing applied. And 
it's going to be a wonderful tool, right? And, and we should absolutely use it to augment what we do. And for me, it it's the it's caused a lot of reflection around what is what is my value in the thought leadership space now that this has entered the equation. And a lot of it is the, you know, what, what I think will be the last bastion of humanity when it comes to AI. And maybe it, maybe it'll be that way forever. Right? And, and AI will never be able to replicate it, but it is all of the touchy feely human stuff. What's the, it's the yeah. storytelling and the emotions that you want to evoke and invoke and we the metaphors and up. analogies. This it's like frees the, us up as humans to do more of that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it, I, if, I think, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, if we use it for that, then, then I think we're, we're leveraging the technology in the right way. Now, I would say if you're a developer, you should be using chat GPT to improve your code every single day. Like there's no reason why yeah. you should not be asking it to help you write better, more efficient, more secure, more maintainable code. And you also know, that, that yeah. there's the meme too of like what would have taken me four days to write and three days to debug, chat GPT did in forty two seconds and it took me twelve days to debug. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there there's great examples of people who put code in and that's JavaScript and say like give me this in Python or something. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, so there it's that's very powerful. If you're a developer actually like chat GPT probably developer yeah. or lawyer maybe. Because like I just asked it create a simple NDA I can use between two small businesses and it's like writing it up for me. Mm. And so mm-hmm. it's like th- this idea that I think you were getting to, which is human augmented performance. Yeah. Like yeah. there's still, like planes could probably fly themselves, trains, right? You still have a conductor and that's a much more deterministic problem. Like you still need the pilot, you need the conductor. Much better to be the pilot though and have a lot of stuff taken care of for you so you can stick to the creative stick to the signal but just copying and pasting stuff from chat gpt that's gonna it's gonna lose its that's gonna that's such low value it's not going to be interesting by the end of the year yeah. people are going to be able to tell sites are going to filter for it it i yeah. think it entirely depends on how quickly the the algorithm can improve right because it the, the more and more people are using it if it can learn and improve then and that that's what like I'm trying to pay attention to. Is it just going to be this novelty thing because they're not going to be able to oh, improve? No. This is Chat GPT three four is going to be like that much better. Yeah, be amazing. Yeah. yeah, and that that's what that's what we should be paying attention to because yeah, right right now it looks if you play with it enough, you can you can understand what it's doing and you can probably see the the challenges, but it's changing all the time. And yeah, really smart people are working on this thing. Who knows, right? Who knows when they'll ne- they'll make the next kind of step function increase that's going to be make this thing I don't know ten x hundred x more than what it is now. The problem is we can't see it. Like you can't see it unless you use it. Yeah, it's still going. It's still writing an NDA for me. It's still typing. It's on bullet point number eight. Forgot Gary Kasparov. He's the famous chess. He was world champion. Yeah. Yeah. And he he was like the first human to get defeated by an AI in chess. He, I'm trying to look it up. I can't remember what it is, but he, I think he coined a term for humans that partner with the eyes. 
and I don't remember what it was. But after he lost, he, to his credit, instead of unlike the unlike the Go Grandmaster who who lost against Google's DeepMind, Gary Kasparov, he he really stopped and embraced and thought like, you know what, this is the future. We must embrace this thing that is AI, even though that's AI of Deep Blue is built on old generation stuff compared to Google's DeepMind and all that stuff. Said he used the term centaur. There you go. Centaurs. Thank you, Chad GPT. A mythical creature that has the upper body of a human and the lower body of a horse. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. like, yeah. okay. And, and he, he yeah. went on to prove that humans playing chess with an AI. So essentially, AI and humans are better together when it comes to playing chess. And I think that's where he came up with the whole centaur idea. And uh, there's some truth to that. Yeah. Certainly in less deterministic, chess is still, it's not solved, but it's still pretty fixed. thought chess was solved. No. No? Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Oh, maybe that was checkers. checkers. Might be. Ch- yeah, I, checkers I was going to say that's yeah. probably checkers, yeah. There are end games where it's solved, like with mm-hmm. perfect play, it's either a draw or a win, mm-hmm. this kind of things. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. And then there are openings which are quite well studied, but the game of chess itself is not solved. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So far removed. I'm, I'm going to go back to what I was originally going to talk to Igor about. Recurse before. back up. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go back to Strange Loop. I, I was I was thinking about Igor as you were describing. You were saying it doesn't have to be analog. I mean, you could do it. It's about quickly and cheaply iterating. I think for me, I think for me, whether it's in my notebook or on an iPad and just a blank sheet, I think it's the un unconstrained nature of it like there's less boundaries less constraints so it's there's no structure to it and so it's like literally i could just i could start writing and drawing anywhere versus if you look at a powerpoint slide yeah it's oh, there's four a title. By six or whatever and yeah yeah you can only fit yeah. so many words with a certain font size and that that like immediately starts to constrain my thinking in a way that's not helpful at times but anyway Igor, I don't know I, if you had more you I'm, wanted to share, but I, I try well, to bring it back to you. I'm I'm gonna actually pull pull a pull a a five head maneuver here and combine both topics because I, I think that a really amazing place to use technology like ChatGPT, but there's also visual equivalents to ChatGPT, and so just like I said, hey, I'm gonna take out a piece of paper and I'm gonna draw a hundred variations on a chair, I can take an, an art AI program today and I can ask that program to give me a hundred variations on a chair. And now instead of me taking whatever it is, 2,000 seconds to draw those a hundred chairs myself, I could have the computer do it for me in two seconds, right? And then the divergence is done for me and in the same way, if I'm coming up with, let's say, headlines, I can say, hey, ChatGPT, give me 100 headlines on how ChatGPT is going to change the future, right? And now I, have, now I have all these prompts that are that diverge that I can then say, well, oh, make it funnier, right? And, and, and then I'm, I'm the editor, right? I'm, my job is to converge. So I, I just went ahead and I combined both of our topics, if that's okay, Charles. Totally. I'll allow it. Yeah. I was 
I was trying to look for the name of one. I was listening to a Seth Godin podcast today, and he was talking about a particular tool that you could use to create, for example, like a, a cover art for a book for a science oh, fiction series. Well, that's the that's the OpenAI version. That's the Chat GPT for mm-hmm. images. Yeah. He, yeah, he was mentioning another one. I I just can't remember the name of it. Well, some anymore. of them use Dolly in the background. Yeah, yeah, like maybe maybe it's a, monetized like Hot Pot. Hmm. Like you, they have their own, and then there's like a Dolly checkbox. Maybe we should ask it to create a a new little podcast cover art for I us. I like our cover art, man. I spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> hey. AI and humans work better together, Robert. Yeah, we could ask it. <laughs> Embrace the centaur, Robert. There you go. <laughs> Just don't tell it to make centaur be part of the <laughs> no the logo or the cover art. No, Let's thanks. let it come to that on its own. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's good to connect with y'all. I think we, the, the rust has been dusted off for sure. Yeah, this was real fun. Thanks, thanks Igor, for going deep on your subject. And thanks for the detour. Whoever took us down the chat, I think that was think you, Robert. That's good. Well, I don't know. Igor gets all credit for this episode, yeah, all right. good or bad. And, 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 and for my, again, excellent equipment. Yeah, mm-hmm. you sound really good and appropriately leveled. Like, I'm not going to have to boost you as much. So. All right. Love it. Cool. All right, y'all. Well, hey, I will see you next week. And maybe we'll pick up on Trillion Dollar Coach, right? That's right. I'm good yeah, with that. Going through that. Yeah. Take it over okay. the line. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's the next chapter. So we'll we'll figure out where we're at and start from there. Awesome. Take care, guys. Cool. All right, y'all. Bye. See ya. Bye.